and welcome to another SheProp panel. And this time we are very happy to be participating in the PlatFXCon. We are very grateful that they've invited us to be here. And today we're talking about creating art during the pandemic. This is something that has affected all creators and cosplayers a lot because a lot of what we do involves interacting with people. So this has been a change and adjustment for everybody. And we're gonna to talk to some incredible artists that are gonna tell us how they are handling it. Uh, but first, to introduce SheProp, SheProp is a growing community that is focused on supporting, empowering, and representing female, non-binary, and transgender cosplayers, artists, and makers. If you're interested in joining us over at the SheProp community, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We will add links in the show notes to help you find us, and we'd love to have you. So thank you for joining us today. My name is Abby I, of Abby Cat Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for about six years. I specialize in sewing primarily and comedic cosplays. And so I'm very excited to talk to some incredible and very well-known cosplayers. You're gonna recognize a lot of these faces. Hey guys, uh, we are Calbutt Crunchies Cosplay. We are a married duo of cosplayers who've been cosplaying for 20 years now, I yeah, think. About, that. about something like that. Uh, we don't have any one specialty. Instead, we kind of like doing a little bit of everything, sewing, armor, FX, wigs, all that good stuff. Um, we've had a chance to do a lot of really amazing stuff in the community. Uh, and we're really, really excited to be here. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> so um, I'm Cutie Pie Sensei. Uh, you can call me Jasmine, though, because I feel like it's weird for anyone to call me Cutie Pie Sensei in real life. <laughs> Uh, I've been cosplaying for about six-ish years now. Um, I don't really specialize in one particular thing. I, I do armor and sewing equally. And yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hey, everybody. I'm Beverly from Down In Creative Studios. Um, I am really excited to be here today to talk to every, well, to talk with these amazing cosplayers that I can, I feel like I can also call friends um, about this topic about creating during the pandemic because it's been a year. Um, but I am known for um, some sewing. I don't really consider myself a really great sewer yet, but I can pretty much make anything out of foam. I feel pretty confident, confident with that. I've been cosplaying for about six years and I'm also the founder of SheProp. So, um, I am super excited to be here. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Moezy. Uh, you can call me Marie. Uh, I've been cosplaying for about eight years now. And um, I really love doing mashup cosplays. So that's like taking two concepts or two characters and putting them together. Uh, most of them are funny to me. So I love making people laugh with that. And um, I'm also a registered nurse. So this uh, pandemic is pretty unique to me as a creator and a healthcare worker. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic with all of you guys. Well, thank you for taking your very precious time to talk to us today. No problem. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Riddle, but you can call me Ricky because much like Jasmine, it's weird that you call me Riddle in person. Um, I've been cosplaying since 1998. You can do the math. 22 years. Uh, that was before I even knew what cosplay was. I don't have any specialties. I like to say I'm always learning and always trying to develop new skills, but um, I have taken the skills I've learned from cosplay, and now I work in the film and television industry, um, often as a specialty costumer. Well, thank you very much for coming. 
My pleasure. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. I know a lot of us have had to go through a transition period right now and figuring out how to make, still be artists and still create art and still stay motivated when we can't go anywhere or do anything or see anyone. So I'm excited to talk to all of you because I have a feeling there's a lot of different approaches that people have taken here. So first of all, how has the pandemic affected you? And Beverly, I'd like to start with you on this one. What yeah. sort of changes have you noticed? Um, I mean, everything, everything from like personal life, how we live in our house. My husband works at home now. So we had to, I had to take my sewing area out of the office that we had that we were sharing. So I don't have a sewing space anymore. Um, uh, which is which is fine. Like he's still employed, so that was completely okay with me. So we, I've I've had to make a few sacrifices just to um, to put my family first. Um, I also work in the healthcare industry. I'm an MRI tech at our um, hospital here in town, and um, when all of this happened, I lost a lot of my shifts at work. Um, thankfully all of our jobs were kept, but that was a really scary time. And I was beginning to think that I would have to try to either probably find another job somehow, or try to make cosplay into something that I could maybe make a little bit of money on. Um, thankfully I didn't have to wind up doing that because it would have been really hard because everybody is doing the same thing. So I felt like we all sort of were floating around just trying to figure out like how to, how to deal with our new normal and, having things canceled like one by one and, and having these things that we had for like deadlines being taken away um, and having to realize that everybody's going through the same thing. That was, that was a real, that was difficult, but it was also sort of um, made me feel like we were, we were all moving forward together into this unknown. So I still kind of feel that way, like who knows what's gonna be happening, but um, I do feel like um, how I've been able to fold everything into my life, I've been able to shape things around that. And I feel a little, a lot better than I did back in, in March, April, when all this was going down. Now, Marie, you also work in the healthcare industry. So this has probably been a pretty intense time for you. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um... Like Beverly said, back in March, April, that was a really uncertain time. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that was, you know, when it started because, you know, this is our new reality. Um, it just just the instance that you kind of feel like like as if we were preparing for war in the hospital. That's kind of what it felt like. Uh, I kind of had to drop my um, hobbies, like all my other things that I was like focusing some attention to, I had to shift my focus to really being at work, being really um, ready to take on anything. Um, and being at work, being in the front lines, um, it's really scary. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like saying that like with a little sense of humor because you do kind of have to have that like sense of positivity or else like th these kinds of things will really break you down and, um, you know, 
before the pandemic, I really looked to cosplay as kind of like a nice distraction from work um, because that would be something that I would like love to do. And, you know, not that I don't love working, but it was just like, you know, being able to come home from work and like have something to create and like, you know, that whole thing uh, was really important to me. And the fact that, you know, with this pandemic and not there, there's not that many things going on anymore, I really had to like focus a lot of my time and energy and attention to work and it was it was a lot um it was and and thankfully now you know things are kind of dying down we noticed little surges here and there um just a couple weeks ago it kind of felt similar to March and April where we saw a spike here in New Jersey in in my area at least um but so far it's been every you know everyone around me thank goodness is healthy um, safe and like you know, I'm just I'm just really thankful for that kind of taking it day day at a time type of thing. Did anybody have a particular event that got canceled that just really stung? I know for me it was Emerald City because that was right at the beginning of the pandemic where we didn't know if it would get canceled because it was like the pandemic started and next week was Emerald City, um, and that was just the start of the dominoes for me. But did anybody else have something like that that they experienced? Uh, Reagan, what about you? Uh, I actually was going to go to Emerald City as well. Um, but the one I, the one that came immediately after uh, was Anime Boston. Um, and for me, uh, the, the part that really sucked about that was I had just come out with my wig styling book. And that was the con where I was going to do my first book signing. Arda was going to begin to distribute the book. And, and I was going to get to do a lot of kind of uh, book-related things with it. And we haven't had a con since then. <laughs> so that's kind of, unfortunately, really thrown um, a lot of my book stuff off track. And, and I'm just like, dang, if I had just done it two months before then, um, so that that's kind of a bummer, um, but you know who knows? Maybe I'll be able to revisit that in another year or something like that. But that that one kind of stung a lot. And Jasmine, what about you? Yeah, uh, for me it was Dragon Con. So that takes place over the holiday weekend, beginning of September or so. Um, Dragon Con's my favorite convention, like bar none. Just it's my favorite one to go to every year. And um, every year I do like a mashup group. Um, and it's grown slowly for me. It uh, started with just me and then added my friend, uh, Kira Kelly Cosplay. And then like every year we've added more people. And this year we just like, it's always a secret and we never like tell the secret of like what it's going to be until two weeks before. And we had a big group planned. Like I had 10 other cosplayers for the group this year. And we had started planning back in February and all this happened and we found out that, you know, most likely Dragon Con wasn't happening anymore. And I'm just, I was really bummed out because it was going to be absolutely amazing this year. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if the stars are going to align for everyone to be able to do it again next year if we have the chance to do it. So, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was devastated for sure. So... There, the pressure to create, I mean, we've heard people say this in the in the cosplay rooms where it's like, oh, when the cons open up, everybody's going to have perfectly made costumes because they've had all this time to make them. Um, that's a lot of pressure. 
Um, so has the pressure been something you can manage or does the stress and the with the pandemic going on, has that impacted your ability to create and stay motivated? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I, I feel I can't I can't tell you how many times I be like, oh, I, I'm gonna I I need to like de-stress and, and go to my happy place and and start working on something. And I've just gone down to my 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 little shop, my mounds of whatever it was that I was working on at the time. I think it was Caradune, which is like still unfinished. Um, and just looking at it like, why? Like this is so not important right now. I I don't know. Um it was just a really scary time and and I just felt like I couldn't allow myself to have a little bit of joy. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I wasn't um like it, it, it was a part of, of, of a life that was not my life anymore. You know, like getting back to that was just something that I wasn't, that I, I didn't really want to allow myself to do for some reason. Um, and now I, looking back at that, I, I think that it was just um, because it's hard to find the mental space to create and find joy when you are completely surrounded by uh, doom and gloom and uncertainty and, so many layers of those things. I just like everything. And for everyone, you're surrounded by people who are also stressed out and nobody has answers. And so to get back into the creative zone when you've got all that going on in your head is really, really tough. And so I got really good at saying, you know what, I'm just going to not do this right now. And that, that was what I needed to do for myself. Just give myself a little bit of a break, like no stress. Don't stress out about this. It's not, it's not as important as, as you think it is. When this first started, I thought, I have all this time. I'm going to get something done every day, and I'm going to check all these projects off the, my list. And a lot of it was clothing, and I still haven't worn any of the things that I made because there's nowhere to go. So that became really defeating. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Scone and Reagan, do you have a thought on that topic? Um. I mean, it's really hard to get motivated to do something when you don't know when you're going to ever be able to wear it is sort of, you know, we're very deadline motivated people. <laughs> and it's, it's true. It, you know, it, this is, it, it really helps to be like, okay, well, I need to get this done because yeah. And without those deadlines and, and no idea of even when these deadlines are going to come back into, you know, existence, it's like, well, I could work on this. Or I could just, you know, do something else that has a more immediate reward. So a lot of like, I've been pivoting a lot into like home improvement and like DIY stuff that feel at least the, the rewards are more immediate. Um, but it, it's, you know. Yeah, I think, I think for us, at least we're, we're very con motivated people because like online cosplay is great and you know posting things online and getting the like serotonin cool but what i really like is seeing people in person and getting able to geek out with other cosplayers and then be being stupid nerds at a con and so without that that's like a huge part of cosplay and so with so i'm not as motivated anymore without that kind of end goal in sight um i do think kind of having optimism for one day, maybe we will return to some type of a con. Maybe it'll be a different con, but it'll be some type of in-person thing in the future. And I think having that far out goal of some, uh, maybe for then I will be able to wear this costume. I 
gives me a little bit more motivation. And, you know, I will actually work on a thing that I'm not going to wear it until September of 2021, but I'm still kind of working on it a little bit because one day I will have it on my body. (laughs) So you did mention um, the online aspect of that. And for a lot of people, uh, their online presence is a big part of how they market themselves. It's how they get jobs for cosplay. that it's a big deal. We can't pretend it's not a big deal in the cosplay community. So how has the pandemic affected your ability to produce content or to post things, to stay positive? Is Marie, do you have anything to add about that? Well, um, I relied a lot on uh, conventions, like meeting up with other photographers that don't live near me um, to c- produce content, like take pictures, um, because I cannot for the life of me take a picture of myself so you know conventions really helped me with that and you know with that being out the window you know I really had to learn how to do it myself I purchased a ring light which I never thought I'd do and actually like I love it so much so I don't know why I didn't do it sooner but I mean like you know um it it was challenging for me because you know it was something that I had to learn how to do myself which this pandemic really kind of forced a lot of people to do is to learn how to create like you know themselves be you know kind of their own um photographer their own like um social media marketer things like that so um I'm like pretty Instagram heavy so a lot of what I put out there you know are photos like you know small videos and um you know, before the pandemic, it was, it was not easy, but it was definitely more accessible for me to, to get those things. And now it's, it's a little bit harder because I'm, you know, I'm also like working full time. So I have to, you know, create that kind of schedule for me to, to do that. So, I mean, it's definitely more difficult, but like, I'm still learning and it's, it's kind of a fun process too, because I, you know, I'm like also diving into the whole like world of TikTok, which I never thought I'd do, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Jasmine, you also indicated that this was something you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, um, like Marie said, I, I think for me too, a lot of my creation of content was motivated by cons uh, before this. So typically the way like my Instagram work was I would have a little bit of filler content, but I would then have like, this is my cosplay, like my full thing that I spent a couple months making. And I would like post pictures of that and so on and so forth. And this year it's been a little different because the motivation to make like full builds hasn't been there as as much. So it's been a little bit more filler type content, like stuff that's really easy. I can knock it out in a couple of days and um, that's done. Um, for me, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it pressure, but I have a little bit more motivation to continue to post something um, because for me, a lot of times I do occasionally get sponsorships and stuff like that. So part of the motivation is obviously I do want to make money. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to be able to occasionally, you know, still keep that going. So I can be like, like my page can be attractive to people getting uh, people giving sponsorships and things like that. Um, I, I'll be honest though, if I didn't have that, it, it'd be really really difficult for me to continue to post content right now. It's, it's just hard to find the motivation, especially because um, my workspace, I 
like do my, like I work from home now uh, every day. I used to go into the office and now work from home. So my workspace is now like where I am for my job eight hours a day too. So while cosplay used to be an escape, now it's like I'm working here in this same space. So I don't feel as much like being here for more time <laughs> to also create things. So uh, it's, it's definitely rough. That's the same situation for me. I have to put my sewing machine in front of my work computer now to work in my studio. So it does make you want to leave the room at the end of the day. Um, but what are some coping mechanisms that people have found to help them either stay active in their studio or just deal with the stress of having cosplay, your stress reliever or creative outlet, not be something that motivates you anymore. Um, I know Reagan and Scone, you had something to add to that. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been having this mantra of do what you want. <laughs> I have been jumping to so many random projects. Like I've never made videos before. And then I was looking at my friend Amanda and Casey's videos and I was like, that's cool. I want to do that too. And then I got really into doing videos for like two weeks and then I was like, I'm done with that now. And now I'm going to try and do this other thing. And, and like, you know, whatever. Like if, if, if we're so unmotivated right now that if something sparks like the smallest amount of interest, just do it. Who cares if it's not like a big old build or what you normally make? Like if, it, if you feel creative, just like do it. Who cares? So like I haven't made a single big build except for like one that I actually had a deadline for, which is like the only reason I did it. Um, but like, whatever, I've been making other stuff and that's been occupying my time. Does anybody else have a, a method they've been using? Ricky, is there anything that you've been doing? Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of times it's like, I just, I need to learn a new skill and then I can use this skill at work. Or for me, a lot of things people have repeated, it's like, I don't have access to photographers and, um, it, it takes a conventions give me excuse. I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I'm in the bubble. I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to get in a costume. And so when I'm at home, I'm like, can I just wear sweatpants and <laughs> that's it and not wear makeup and not be uncomfortable. But I mean, right now, like in this moment, I find like I start rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender and I'm like, I need to make an Avatar costume. <laughs> like sometimes it's just rewatching or getting back into like a fandom I really love. And that's been sort of like helping to inspire me to work on some old projects. But I mean, yeah, I, at the beginning of the, the quarantine, I worked on a ton of stuff. And I was like, well, those five costumes are just going to sit on hold till I can safely photo um, shoot them with somebody. But um. Yeah, sometimes it's like a little bit of guilt, too, to be honest. It's like, I have all this time. I, I should be doing something with it. Uh, because I know at the end of it all, I would feel guilty that I didn't make the best of it. But sometimes you just don't feel like it. Sometimes you want that immediate satisfaction of like, I'm going to play this video game and I'm going to finish it. And that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think you need to look at like really, really small stuff and, and break your, like, I think people need to break their projects down into like, tiny wins because mm -hmm. it's hard thinking yeah. about big builds all at once it's like I have so many because you break it down into parts right you're like oh god I have to make a breastplate and both of like the shin guards and I have to like style the wig and do it like do all this stuff so I know for me like being able to at least work on pieces like I don't know if you can see it back there there's an Ahsoka 
Leku thing that I've been trying to put together for like a while now. (laughs) It's, it's slightly off topic, but then you also have to get into the financial logistics. You're like, I'm in quarantine. I might be out of work. Who knows how Mm -hmm. long is it financially responsible for me to be working on a big build or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I need to go into Michael's or I need to go into Hobby Lobby and actually look at the, you know, look at something, look at buckles, uh, fabrics, threads, wherever. Is it, you know, responsible of me to go there? But I mean, it's, it's honestly though, I think what keeps me inspired is just getting back into things that I, fandoms I love. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to cosplay from that. I forgot. (laughs) I pivoted away from cosplay completely. So, um, I got my start sewing quilts Mm. and I had a list a mile long of things that I wanted to do. And I never had time because I had cosplay deadlines. So it's like, well, there's no cosplay deadlines now. So it's, back to making that wedding quilt for a cousin or the baby <laughs> quilt or that Christmas quilt that I always wanted to replace. So I've just, if there is an excuse to be in my studio making something, then I'm using it regardless of what is getting made. That's how I'm dealing with it. And for me, I mean, like something Beverly touched on is like, there's something bigger going on. So a lot of the times I was like, you know what, should I be making masks for nurses or should I be working on cosplay? And I just felt like I can't be on the front lines. So this was early on, this was a way I could help. So yeah, there was like a month or two where I was just like, I just got to make masks. I just got to make masks. It's the only thing I can do. And that's what motivated me to do that. But then you're like, I'm sewing the same thing over and over again. And then that actually kind of, that was like, I want to do something creative and, you know, I want to feel pretty again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have, I mean, The opportunities to cosplay are not gone because we have seen cons switch to virtual formats where panels like this are happening and there are virtual cosplay contests that are happening. And has anybody experienced the virtual con world in a way that they want to tell us about? Uh, Jasmine? Sure. I can go first. That's fine. (laughs) Um, uh, Virtual cons. So for me, it's different. I don't necessarily look at it as like a replacement for what in-person cons are, Um, but it definitely has its own value. So for me, I think when I used to go to cons in person, it was all about just cosplay for me. So I'm literally in my costume, I'm meeting up with friends, I'm doing photo shoots. I barely went to panels. I, I used to go to panels like way back when, like years ago, I stopped going because I just didn't have time. It's like, oh, I have a photo shoot for this and I can get changed and do all this stuff. So now virtual cons, I personally don't dress up for it or anything, but the good part about them for me is that I can actually like watch panels and be attentive and like fully learn and engage with that kind of stuff, which you know, a lot of in-person cons tend to be about sometimes that I missed out on. So it's, for me, it's changed like my experience and, and how I interact with the different parts of what make a full convention. Hmm. Now, I have to say, I, I really do enjoy judging at uh, virtual cons. I really enjoy judging because usually I just need to wear the top half of my costume. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's the best it's part. <laughs> it's like I can wear slippers, I can wear pajama bottoms and no one will be the wiser. But it's tough for me because when I would do panels, I really feed off the audience 
and the, the vibe of the audience. And that's how I kind of like navigate how I'm going to like discuss things. Like, are they laughing? Do they seem attentive? Are they bored? Um, so it does, I have struggled with some virtual, um, virtual panels. Cause I feel like I'm like, it's, it's like Mike night and nobody's there. So I don't know how, <laughs> how my jokes are flying. Are you doing them live or are you pre-recording them when you do these panels? Um, this is, this is the first pre-recorded panel I've done. <laughs> the rest of them have been really, li- have been all live. And, um, I know it's been, I can see it's been difficult for some people because, uh, sometimes they'll just go rogue and, I don't want to get too much, but they'll just go rogue. And then the rest of you can just see the rest of our eyes like this. But luckily, um, you know, once they kind of post it online, like they'll do a live feed and then they'll post it up. They've kind of edited out the chunk where the person like it was no bueno. But yeah, no most. The online judging is really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cons are sort of using the opportunity that the online thing as an opportunity to play around with like what they're giving the judges and how they're having the contestants present themselves and what we're getting as judges. And it's interesting. It's interesting shake up in, you know. Yeah. And we, and we've judged a couple of these at this point and each of them have given us different, uh, not criteria, different stuff to judge off of. Um, and some is, is almost better than in person actually. Um, and then some you, you do sometimes wish that you had a little bit more. Um, but I, I like being able to take our time and not have the like two to five minutes limit. That is nice. Yeah. It's nice to get a video and then you're like, well, no, wait, rewind it. I want to look at that again. And, And then you have it, that video too, when you're, deliberating. So you're really getting like 10 or 15 minutes per contestant instead of just like banging through them so fast. Yeah. I think a bunch of y'all have judged as well. Haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, there yeah. was a growing period though. Cause I know for me, like in the very beginning, um, when people were first trying to put these virtual like costume contests and stuff together, I don't think people knew fully, uh, how this was mm-hmm. going to work. So I know I had a struggle earlier on cause it was uh, like people would send in the videos and stuff and the videos are like cool. And some of them like they're edited really neat. And it's like, okay, cool. But I can't see the detail of your costume. <laughs> I wish I could like look closer, but oh, oh no, it's too far from the camera. I can't tell if it's clean or not, that kind of thing. So, and part of that is because the information wasn't given out like, Hey, this is exactly what you need to record so we can judge properly. So I think people just didn't know. And I think as time has gone on and we've been in this pandemic for a long time, uh, I think it's kind of gotten a little bit more streamlined. So uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a little bit easier. What sort of things do you think are going to continue? Even once we get cons in person, what sort of virtual lessons have we learned or things that we like that we think are going to carry on? Um, Beverly, we haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just listening to what everyone's saying. I I feel like I've I I know we all have our own little like bubbles of creativity that we've been like living in like little hermit crabs for the last like few months and so it's really interesting to hear everyone's experiences. I haven't done um, a virtual contest um, at all, but I have done lots. I've been working with Abby to put together a lot of the um, she prop panels and recording podcast episodes. So I've been doing a lot more digital behind the scenes stuff and really bulking up my editing muscles. 
which I'm not, still not sure that I really enjoy very much, but I am going to continue doing that because now I feel like that's a skill that I have learned. Um, but as far as like the, the virtual, the virtual conventions and virtual content, I really do think that it would be a good idea for conventions to continue at least including some of that programming in their events when we go back to in-person, because not only is it um, something that people can, can get when they can't physically be there, it's accessible for people who wouldn't, who would never be able to get to a, a panel because of a disability or, or whatever. So it is, it is allowing, um, it's allowing uh, con goers or people who can't go to a con to have a, a, an experience or have like a connection with a, a workshop or, or to see a panel like this and hear people talk um, or to see a, a more in-depth look at a, a contest. So it feels like it is expanding that community a little bit more. So I do hope that it continues because I think that there's a lot of value to it. And Marie, what about you? I mean, I have to agree, definitely, like, just the accessibility part of having, like, a virtual convention is really great, especially for, like, I have a lot of friends who, for years, have been saying, oh, one day I'll go to a convention, and, you know, they, they never do, or, if they, you know, they can't because something comes up, and, you know, um, this uh, virtual aspect of being able to, like, go online, you know, see things, listen to panels, like, they don't have to physically go there when they can just, you know, have it right, you know, at their home. And another thing that I love about, you know, with in-person conventions is just like the shopping, <laughs> like, just like, uh, you know, going around the show floor and just like spending all of the money that I don't have. But um, I noticed that a lot of people, um, a lot of brands are putting that online. So, you know, they're putting their uh, business online more. So being able to like, see what uh, other people have to offer online and like, spreading it to those who don't usually go to conventions. Um, like Beverly said, it's it's more like expanding the community and to, to those who were not able to access that before. So, I mean, this, you know, unfortunately, this, these are the circumstances that we have to deal with, but I think it's, you know, kind of beneficial for uh, the community regardless because it allows more people to see, uh, you know, what things are like um, at cons, what they would normally be like. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how long we'll be in this pandemic for that we'll need to keep things going virtually. Um, I personally, like, I highly doubt that we'll be in person anytime soon. Um, that's just, <laughs> that's just me. But like, uh, you know, this whole virtual thing is not necessarily like a bad thing, I don't think, um, for people who still want to keep tabs with uh, convention things. And have we seen any positive changes in the cosplay community as a result of this? Um, Beverly? I think <laughs> you kind of rolled your eyes at first, which I yeah. found kind of funny. No, no, no. I, I think um, so. I, I am, I am always trying to see positive things. I'm, I'm a glass half full person. Um, thank you, mom, for teaching me that. Um, so I'm always looking for the, the things that will, the things that I have learned from, from a situation like this that. We've none of us have ever experienced anything like this before. So, um, I think that 
to find a positive aspect of this is to look back and, and, and see that we have all proven to ourselves that we can pivot. Um, even if it, even if you dropped making things for a while and, but now you're back and you're kind of like slowly getting back into the community because that's kind of just where you're at. You give yourself a little bit of a break, like cosplay and realizing that cosplay and creating is an extension of yourself and being able to get back to that um, for me is a very positive thing because I, I, I don't want it to go away. And I don't think that I could live without it. Um, so it is really nice to know that it's to affirm that, yeah, it, it is a part of my heart and my soul. And I will figure out a way to, to make that, to fit that into my, my life. If that's turning more things into virtual connections for people, I get a lot of joy out of um, bringing people together and creating the community like with SheProp. Um, I really saw an opportunity to, um, to get panels like this together so that people could connect with each other online and have a place where they could do a watch party. And even if only like 20 people watch the watch party, that's still like, you know, for a small convention, that's like 20 people that would be sitting in the room watching that panel. So it's been really wonderful to see those connections happening virtually and for people to who normally wouldn't be talking to each other like this, who don't like being on the phone or they don't like technology is kind of scary to see people overcoming those barriers and, and connecting with each other. I like to see those things. That's that's a positive thing in my eyes. For me, the silver linings have been these panels because um I have, of course, been on panels at cons and things like that, but this was the first time that I was essentially casting them. I was inviting people to be on panels. I was writing outlines for panels, scheduling, doing all of that. I figured out that I was really good at it, and doing it virtually meant I wasn't limited to just the people who were going to be at that con. So I've been able to do panels with people in Canada and England and um, on the East Coast and on the West Coast, all at the same time. And it has been great for me in expanding the people I have been able to talk to and connect with. And and also just helping me realize a new skill that I didn't know I had. So it's it's benefited me in that way, which is nice. Um, <laughs> so there's other things that have come out of the pandemic that have been really positive. Um, a lot of people have projects or organizations that they've taken on um, and they've been able to do that virtually. I know Marie, you specifically had something that you were able to do as a result of the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, right. Um, it's funny that you brought that up because sometimes I forget that ever happened, being that we've been <laughs> in this <laughs> pandemic for so long. Um, I mean, like it started off, you know, once this whole thing started, everyone's um, spirits were really low. You know, everyone was very down. It was a very, you know, it was very tough being at work, um, very heartbreaking just to, just to see everything. And, you know, um, it, I, I felt alone at times because it, it's, it, it's different when, you know, you're, you're uh, going to work and, you know, you're, you're a nurse and you have to like, you know, deal with what you have to deal with at work. And then you come home and, you know, you have what you normally would use as like a, an escape, you know, can't really do that anymore. And when I did feel alone, I, you know, stopped and realized like, actually, you know, there has to be other people out there like me that are healthcare workers working in the front lines that are also creators and that they kind of have to 
take that part of their life on pause and then, you know, shift their focus. And, um, you know, I met Beverly at a convention in Portland and we had a conversation about how we both worked in a hospital. And, it, you know, I just immediately remembered just that small conversation we had. I immediately remembered her and it's like, okay, you know, she works at a hospital, she must be going through something too, you know, like she's also a creator. So it kind of like snowballed into this whole thing. Like, you know, there are other people out there like me and uh, just like reaching out to her, to other people, even people that I never even met before. And just like talking to them about what their experience is like being, you know, a cosplayer creator and like a healthcare worker. It's just like, you know, that, that connection, turned into something like, you know, positive and beautiful in that time of darkness. And I really did not think that it would get the attention that it did because, uh, you know, around that time people were doing like the past the brush videos, like on TikTok or whatever. And it was just like, started off just like, oh, wouldn't it be like a cute little idea if a small group of us did this? And then, you know, like more people wanted to get involved. And then the end result was just like so like overwhelming for me like wow like this is like people are really responding to it um and people you know those who don't even know who what cosplay was are are watching this like you know they're they're able to feel connected to it because in a way they kind of also feel like you know they if you don't have to cosplay just if you're like a creative person they kind of see like you know those types of things can really help you get out of that funk that you know started with the pandemic and um, I have to, you know, I can't, I really cannot take all the credit. Like, you know, Beverly, everyone else that's in the video, they really made the video what it is. And it's just like, I'm just so happy with the way it turned out. Um, and I, I really just like, <laughs> I can't take all the credit for it. You know, <laughs> I, I put it together. Sure. And you know, I connected all these people, but they really like, you know, took, took the video and made it what it is. Um, they, they're my heroes. They're my hero. <laughs> ah. It was, it was really fun to be a part of that project. Um, it was nice to see that it was another like example of like, Hey, there's a lot of people in the same situation. Also, it was really fun to watch and it was kind of like a, a taking a brain break, which we all needed something like that at that way back. And whenever that, what was that? April, March, yeah, April. It was, it was <laughs> April and it was, you know, it was tough to get people you know, to take a couple minutes out of their time to record like a couple seconds of them in the PPE and then in cosplay. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. just like when they heard the idea, you know, they made it happen. And I'm just like, so thankful that they were able to do that because it, you know, it is hard, especially at work. You know, I know you recorded at home, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, people made it work and you, it goes back to, you know, utilizing what you have and just like making yeah. things happen. And it was, it was a really fun time. It was fun to put together and maybe in the future we'll do like a part two or something. <laughs> and, and what about you, Ricky? You've been chugging along on the air with the pandemic, specifically with masks. You mentioned that a little bit. Yeah. So it wasn't quite the community effect that the video had, which I thought was wonderful. It's always good when you get a bunch of people to come together. But uh, like I said, I just, I was at home. I had a skill. I wanted to help. So I started by making masks for friends and family who couldn't afford to buy them or couldn't make them. And then I joined a group in the Atlanta area where it was just making masks for nurses and other medical personnel. And I made 400 masks and wow. <laughs> um, 
And then after that, I do wildlife rehab and wildlife rehab relies a lot on volunteers. And unfortunately, the volunteers could not come to the facilities to donate their time. So they were really struggling with donations and finding the people. So then with uh, my community, I made some custom fabrics and did some nerdy, nerdy designs for masks. And I sold those. And then I donated all the proceeds to three various uh, wildlife rehabilitation centers um, because, you know, it just I just wanted to help in some way. And it just it kind of it kept my mind off things, you know, like Beverly was saying, it can be, it was a bit of a dark time, very doom and gloom and like just having a sense of accomplishment and positively helping people was a real benefit. And then I also rehabbed three baby squirrels. So it kind of worked out. I wasn't working for a few months. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could go back in time to the beginning of the year before the lockdown started, or even just at the very beginning of this, now that we're you know, nine months into it, what would you tell yourself in that moment? What would you want yourself to know? Um, Invest in hand sanitizer stock. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Um, uh, For me, um, for me, it's, uh, I, I have a little bit of regret. Uh, I've been really trying to learn 3d modeling and I kind of put it off and kept putting it off and putting it off. And I wish I had just really started it from the beginning. Um, and that's, that's my only thing. I mean, I still have time to learn it, but uh, you know, I wish I had done that and maybe like bought more elastic and cause that was really <laughs> hard to find. <laughs> at a certain point like it's funny does anybody notice like all when you if you do go into michael's and joanne's it is just cleared out like yeah. they're just not restocking anything anymore i have so. made several things during the pandemic using elastic i pulled out of a fitted sheet where i got a good idea i mean it was a fitted sheet from my like pile of mock-up fabric so i was like oh here we go it's a gold mine of elastic <laughs> yeah yeah, and you normally go to like Goodwill to to search for for things, and you couldn't. I mean, that that was shut yeah. down. I am a budget cosplayer. I'm a thrifty cosplayer. I make stuff out of upcycled fabric and garbage, and literally garbage in some cases. And I have one cosplay that where the only thing I need to do is make the boots, and I cannot bring myself to pay retail for them. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't. Also- I can't buy thrifted boots during a pandemic. No, I'm not doing that. I I wish I had zoomed more with friends because like my social skills have just like plummeted completely. Oh, sorry. I said my social (laughs) skills have just like plummeted during quarantine because I wasn't like zooming as much or, you know, virtual socialization. I think that was something I, I wish I could go back and tell myself like, Hey, like, don't just text people, like actually get on, get on the horn and talk to them. Yeah, yeah. same. I, I don't talk to people. I'm a hermit. Anyone who I've seen, I've seen literally like two friends, like just, just two people. I've seen two people and, and that's kind of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I would have definitely kind of upped my, my social skills, a social zoom call, <laughs> like skills a little bit more. And I probably also would have told myself too to buy more fabric and stuff in general because for me like now if I do want to make something I buy everything online and just certain Mm -hmm. things are not the same buying them online and then I end up wasting I've wasted a lot of money on fabric that came and was like oh 
well, this is wrong. Uh, let's try again. Yeah. So I, I wish I had kind of prepped mentally for it, but also I didn't know it was going to last this long. So yeah, here we are. <laughs> so this is not a regret, uh, but this is something that I'm glad that past self actually did um, mm-hmm. before the pandemic, which was actually like jump on opportunities and like not put things off until later. Cause like at some point I started to think back and I said, and I said, wow, what if I had waited a year to enter C2E2 as I was planning? What mm-hmm. if I had put off our trip to Australia by a year as I was also planning? Like, and so the idea of just, well, you never know what's going to happen in the future. So if something comes to you or you want to do something, just do it. Just do it right now because you know that you can do it now. And I think, you know, I have now learned that that is the right decision. And that's probably what I'm going to keep doing from now on. Yeah. There was a bunch of cons and stuff that we did last year. And there was a lot of it. We were like, oh, do we really want to do this? And we were like, no, yeah, we're going to do it. Let's just do it. And uh, it was a good decision because last year was a very busy (laughs) year. And this year has. Yeah. So I think for both past and future me, just, you know, if you're into something, just take the opportunity to do it. Don't wait. I think I'm with y'all because I think um, if you're talking about Australia, you're talking about supernova. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I went this year, I was, I was the international guest and um, this, I was blessed because when I tell you it popped off literally at the end of our trip, like, so we were there and we left like a day or two early um, oh, wow. and came back home. And like, literally if the, if the con was a week or two later, we wouldn't have, we just wouldn't have gone. We wouldn't have been able to go. So yeah. it, it was it's a, it's, a, it's a cool trip too. It's a cool oh no, it's trip. amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I, I was, I was um, telling my husband, I'm like, we were incredibly lucky because I don't know if any other time we would have gotten to Australia. And it just so happened to happen like at the beginning of this pandemic. And I was kind of, I was, I was counting my blessings too, because that's the only travel we've had this year. And, mm-hmm. um, I would have been in, like, I would have been even more depressed, <laughs> I think, <laughs> if we just hadn't gone anywhere at all this year, because that was the, yeah, that was literally the only trip we've been on, so. You I, made your one <laughs> trip really count. Yes, exactly. So we are reaching the end of our panel and the end of the time that we have to spend together, but I do have one last question for you, and some of you did kind of allude to it, um, but if you could go back in time and stockpile one item, what would it be? And for me, I'm a, I'm a stash keeper. I have piles of fabric. I don't need fabric, but I ran out of zippers real quick. And so did every fabric store. So I would have just cleared out the zippers. There's not much you can do to avoid putting a zipper in a lot of clothes. Um, anybody else, Beverly, what would you, what would you stock up on? Um, it not, it's not necessarily like a stock up thing, but I, I would have put a little bit more time into getting a, a better webcam and like the equipment for that, because it was real hard to find anything like that when everyone was doing the same thing. Um, because I wanted to make content and, you know, me glass full person is like, oh, well, you know, they all need it for work and everything like, but but I need my thing too. This is making me sad that it, my quality is just crap and my computer camera is terrible. So now it's, that's all fixed now, but yeah, I would have, I, 
and then that goes back to um, don't put off what you can just do now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know for me, it'd be it'd be dumbbells. Um, I try to transition to the whole working out at home thing. <laughs> and I have like, thankfully, I have like, we already had some weights, but there were specific like, um, like number weights that I needed. And when I tell you they are still sold out everywhere. I cannot <laughs> find, or if they are wow. on Amazon or something, the price gouging is insane. So it, it's like impossible to find good, like workout equipment and weights. So I wish I had just done it when I was supposed to like get my weight room and stuff situated last year. Cause I've been trying to still stay healthy uh, in quarantine. <laughs> and Marie, what about you? So my boyfriend and I recently just moved out uh, together and for some reason like finding furniture is just like like impossible like Ikea is just sold out of every single thing I don't get it Uh, so I really like wanted to make my own little workspace for specifically cosplay like that is my dream to have like you know like a little craft table a little section like to just you know sew and like work on stuff and I just can't find like a good like space saving is like a huge thing for me so there were a lot of like uh space saving furniture pieces that I really wanted and it's like everything is just sold out and you know like I don't know why everyone is doing the same thing as me but like I wish you know going back in time I would have like maybe pre-ordered a couple things but I mean uh yeah that those that's like one of the big things but in terms of like other supplies like I I'm one of those people like I don't really know what I'll need until like I'll need it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, in hindsight like I don't know I should like plan a little bit better but uh yeah the furniture and and just like home decor in general like I'm turning into that person it's it's crazy Uh, for me, it was a uh, 3D filament because uh, I printed a one-to-one scale of myself. Oh, that's right. You did. <laughs> yeah. I went through like 20 rolls of filament. And I guess everybody else was 3D printing as well. Also, it got burned pretty bad. I was looking for a certain size of buckle from uh, for my Edward Scissor hands, And because it was coming from China, sh- shipping from anywhere was taking twice as long spoon flower fabric was taking a month and a half to come but it's a thing you're never gonna I wouldn't have known that oh yeah hey like we're gonna be locked down for six months so you should buy like 30 rolls of 3d filament <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we, had a we're we have like a border situation here in our house usually so like zippers elastic all that we like had yeah i don't think there was anything that we were like oh you know what sucked though i went to so again back to back to this stupid book i wrote like wrote the book went to ship out the book like right like when this was all ramping up trying to mail everything well and then i went and i went all right time to print the shipping labels oh wait what do you mean the price of shipping has jumped by 20 percent internationally so oh my god that wasn't cool yeah, I tried I tried to do the side hustle where using a laser cutter to do like nerdy iPhone watch bands. And it was the same thing. It was like the moment you went international, you're adding like three weeks and like double the price. Yeah, it was, it was just a, well, and I had already charged people based on oh. the price before the pandemic. Oh, oh no. So I was just oh, like, no. hmm. Did you, did you go back to them and be like, I got to raise a price? No, I didn't. No, I just ate the cost. Oh, you were a good, pr- everybody buy her book. Yes, yeah, buy my book, yeah, please. I, I can't. 
because I can't sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody so much for joining us today and for talking about your experiences during this pandemic and sharing what you're doing to make the most of the situation. Um, We do have to wrap up. We are out of time. But before we do that, I want everybody to just go around one more time. Tell us who you are, where we can find you on social media. And if you have a final thought, feel free to share that as well. Beverly, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm Beverly from Down in Creative Studios. You can find me everywhere at Down in Creative Studios. Um, And also on SheProp. I try to stay pretty active over there. Um, and let's see, final thoughts. I don't know. Um, I hope to see everybody sometime, but if not, then call, call your friends, call your creative friends. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, if you're feeling down, watch, watch your favorite, whatever, um, do a zoom meeting with somebody and like, or just, just connect with somebody. I think that is something that we all needed to do a little bit more of at the beginning of all of this. And I think we're getting better at that. At least I am. And that is helping me a lot. So yeah, I'll finish with that. <laughs> okay. And Reagan and Scone. Uh, we are Cowbuck Crunchies. We are on all the social medias, uh, including YouTube now. Uh <laughs> trying to do YouTube. Uh, so check that out. Um, and final thoughts. Now your final thought is telling us the name of your book and where we can buy it. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) It's, uh, the art of extreme wig styling. If anyone is into super extreme wigs, um, and you can buy it on our website and what is our website? Our our website is (laughs) All those various <laughs> social Cal- media things, Calvin Hutchies, Calvin Hutchies cosplay, yeah, something like that. Something like know. that. We'll share a link. <laughs> and Marie. Uh, my name is Mo Weezy, uh, but you can just call me Marie. And you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Mo Weezy, M A W E E Z Y. There's actually another rapper somewhere out there with the same name. I am not him. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am the cosplayer. <laughs> and uh, final thoughts. Well, first, I just want to say, like, all of you guys are so freaking talented. And I'm just like, I, like, I look up to all of you. Like, you guys just being here within the same panel as you guys is just, like, unreal. So, like, you know, I look to you guys for inspiration, too. And, like, seeing what you guys put out is just, like, awesome. So, like, just, you know, keep it up for people like me who, like, look up to you guys. Um, and I hope everyone stays safe, you know, like, you know, with the pandemic, we don't know how long it's going to last, if it's going to be over soon or whatever. But, you know, hopefully soon, like, we'll get some things under the control. But I just hope everyone stays safe and healthy and all that stuff. And Jasmine, what about you? So, hey, I'm Jasmine, known as Cutie Pie Sensei on all the socials, I think pretty pretty consistent thankfully um do want to tell people to if you have disney plus please check out the marvel 616 documentary that comes out on november 20th because oh yeah i'll be in that so i'm excited about that um and yeah i'm just uh like moise said i'm thankful to be on this panel too i i look up to everyone like she already knows i met her last year um at the in-game premiere thing. Oh my God, that was crazy. freaked out and freaked out when I realized who it was. So I am also that person that like moves out of people. So um, I just really appreciate being invited to this panel and it's been awesome. And Ricky. 
Uh, you can find me on the social medias, Riddle, R-A-D-D, the number one E. I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, but I guess we're, uh, be safe, be sane, take care of yourself, emotional well-being, mental well-being, and please slow for squirrels. And I'm Abby of Abby Cat Cosplay. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under that name. And you can find all of us in the SheProp community. So if you are trans, if you are non-binary, if you are a woman who is an artist, creator, cosplayer, please come and join us because we would be very happy to have you. And it's a lot of really great conversations and tips like what you heard today during our panel. So thank you all for joining us today. Thank you PlatFXCon for hosting this panel. And also thank you to our behind the scenes team for the editing and graphics that we're going to be sharing today. And uh, thank you all.